1: And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection.
2: I get past the fluff to what's real. We go there, and it's fun, pretty crazy, and very revealing. Listen to Let's Be Real with Sammy J on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is Kristen. And this is Molly. So Molly, we got a lot of response from our wonderful mom stuff listeners about our podcast on why women keep or give up their maiden names.
2: Yes. Everyone's
0: story is
2: fascinating.
0: Yeah. We got great stories from guys and girls who kept their maiden name, guys who took their wife's names, all sorts of versions of, uh, of what they did with their last names when they got married. But one, question that came up a lot in these listener Mm -hmm. emails was about what to do if you are a woman who keeps her maiden name and you want to signify that you are married, but you still have your maiden name. You don't have the same last name as your husband. What do you do? For instance, I will refer to this email from a listener named Lucy and Lucy kept her maiden name when she got married. And she says, um, among all the questions I receive is, uh, one how will people know if you're married if you don't have the same name as your husband? And I was interested to see if you have any data or thoughts with regard to what title women who keep their maiden name prefer to adopt. I don't feel like a Mrs because I've not taken my husband's name, and Ms. seems to suggest that I'm divorced <laughs> that I've divorced a lot of people, <laughs> so I've stuck with Miss for now. Uh but even this has created problems recently when I was applying for car insurance and the website wouldn't permit me to state that I was a Miss and
2: married. Yeah. So, sticky situation. It is very sticky because, you know, we got email from listeners who are like, Mrs. So-and-so is my husband's mother mm-hmm. if I haven't taken that last name. So, and, you know, if you're addressing wedding invitations to people, what do you put? Yeah, what's the etiquette for it? And then some people have hang-ups with the title Miz mm-hmm. because
0: it seems to have, uh, I don't know, political connotations these days that they might not like. So, so, we decided to where
2: the connotations Yeah, came let's from. take
0: let's take this maiden names part two mm-hmm. and look at the difference between Ms, Mrs, Miss, and try to figure this out and answer somebody else's questions. Okay. So, Molly, let's start with um, just the basic etymology of Mrs. Okay, because back in the day, you know, your mom was probably Mrs. Edmonds. My mom still was still is, as, as far as I know. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Though. <laughs> um, that was, you know, the general title that that American wives. Gave themselves. So, uh, according to the Online Etymology Dictionary, um, Mrs. was an ab- abbreviation of Mistress, and um, it was the plural uh, from the French Madame. Mm-hmm. And the pronunciation missus was considered vulgar until at least the 18th century. And it was considered one's wife from around 1920. So it actually hasn't been around as long as I thought it had been.
2: So it was vulgar because people from very early on got this connotation with um, the French brothels, if you will. There were madames operating these nightclubs where shady dealings were done. But originally just mistress was meant to show that you had power over... Underlings, basically, yeah, if you're was running an state, state. then that meant that you had, uh, you know, maybe servants that you were taking care of. It was just a position of power. And you often hear in
0: older literature the, the, uh, the, the term mistress of the house. Mm-hmm. She's the one who takes care of all the house affairs. She's not necessarily someone's wife. And
2: she wasn't necessarily the woman that your husband is having an affair with. Right. Like that connotation came along much later as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, you have miss, which was usually
2: used just to denote a younger girl. Right. So to abbreviate mistress, they got Mrs., right? Mm-hmm. And so then to say, okay, Mrs. is sort of an older lady with this power. The the young miss of the house yes. has no power yet. She's going to school. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that required accents. I don't know. But then in the 19th century, what we've got is the Industrial Revolution. And so more women head off to the workplace. They're not just stuck in these big old estates anymore. And for one reason or another, the other people that they're working with wanted to know if they're married or not. Yeah, so, social availability. Yeah, who who
0: is available in this sweatshop? Yeah, so the use of Miss versus Mrs. to define whether or not you were married um, came out as a result of women in the workplace and, I guess, men wanting to know whether or not They could
2: court them. Mm -hmm. So then another common thing for women in the workplace was to be a secretary. Yes. And the secretaries would type up all the correspondence for their uh, boss. And there's the question of if you're sending a letter to a lady and you don't know if she's a miss or a missus, what do you do? You don't want to offend her. That was sort of the first real instance of Ms. as this um, generic term for a woman.
0: Yeah, this is something that these secretaries came up with and uh, the First use of Ms., uh, well, the Oxford English Dictionary attributes the first formal use of Ms. to a book called The Simplified Letter, which was published in 1952 for the National Office of Management Association.
2: Right. So if you're a secretary, this is the book you get, and it says when you don't know how to address a woman, just put Ms. in there.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Um, but some people do, um, date the first use of Ms. all the way back to 1767 when they said that it appeared on the tombstone of a woman named Sarah Spooner.
2: And it was, again, it was just another abbreviation, abbreviation for mistress, like, Mrs. MRS was. Mm-hmm. So originally it's just this abbreviation. It's this way to, um, you know, avoid confusion and letter writing. And then the feminists got a hold of it and they got a hold of it through these secretarial handbooks.
0: Right. We have second wave feminism, which comes up in the 1960s and 1970s. And their tagline, one of the taglines, at least, of the movement was, uh, personal is political. And it's really this idea of women, uh, changing how they are perceived um, in their daily lives through um, political actions. And in 1970, the National Organization for Women um, made a formal uh, request for, or passed a formal resolution calling for the use of Ms. to denote either single, married, whatever, so that women would no longer have to be defined in terms of uh, whether or not th- they were connected to another man. Because right. as a Mr., Anybody who is a mister, Sing- mm-hmm. single, married, divorced, widowed, whatever. He's going to be mister his whole life.
2: Everyone's a mister. So they were thinking, by definition, there should be a term that all women can be as well. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to the Made Name podcast, along with this is sort of the same movement. Hey, don't change your name. When you're introduced to someone as Mrs. You know John Wayne, you are putting yourself out in the world as this person's wife. Mm-hmm. And by being Ms. Molly Edmonds. I guess if I married John Wayne, then I'm presenting the world. I'm presenting myself to the world as me, as opposed to this person's property. I don't know why I thought of John Wayne. <laughs> I
0: don't know, but I'm picturing your wedding photos right now, and it's kind of awesome. A wild west wedding. Yes. Um, but the interesting thing about this push for Miz to become adopted by a lot of women is the number one force mm-hmm. holding out against Ms, the anti-Miz
2: faction. Led by the New York Times. Yeah, this was amazing to me in the research. You know, there there was some quote I read that at, at one point when the New York Times was describing a party that um, Gloria Steinem hosted, they had to say, you know, Miss Steinem, who works at Ms. Magazine. So the only way they'd refer to Ms. was in relation to the magazine. Mm-hmm. So the New York Times basically holds this editorial standard, like we're not going to change to Ms., even though every other newspaper is doing it. It's just it's we don't need it.
0: Yeah. And they got flack from other publications as well. I think Time published a piece in the early, maybe late 70s, early 80s, lambasting the New York Times for not switching over to Ms. because a lot of other major news outlets had adopted Ms. as the honorific title mm-hmm. for women. And it wasn't until 1984 when Geraldine Ferraro is running on the Democratic ticket for vice president that the New York Times finally caves.
2: Geraldine Ferraro was married to a man named John Zaccaro. I may not be pronouncing that right, but she kept her maiden name. So she was Geraldine Ferraro married to John Zacharo. So she should have been Mrs. Zacharo, but she kept her maiden name. Now, what she wanted to be called was either Ms. Ferraro, because she liked that sort of terminology that these people had adopted, or Congresswoman Ferraro. Um, But, you know, there was this debate with George H.W. Bush, and he made this big deal out of calling her Mrs. Ferraro. Yeah, she would refer to, she referenced
0: him as Vice President Bush, and he would come back at her with, well, Mrs. Ferraro.
2: Right, and, you know, it was seen as this move to put her, like, distinctly in a domestic sphere as opposed to a woman who could uh, hold a leadership role. And I do remember reading that when Biden debated Palin, that one of the biggest mistakes he could have made was to have said Mrs. Palin as opposed to Governor Palin. So there's this big um sticky situation in 1984, spearheaded by Geraldine Ferraro. And this is only when the New York Times says, OK, to denote the fact that she's this woman in a certain situation, we're going to call her Ms. Ferraro, mm-hmm. to take out sort of these uh politics of being married or not.
0: Right. And I think that I think the New York Times still does use Mrs. on occasion because uh, one article that I read recently uh, was talking about uh, the number of uh, Congresswomen who go by Ms. and some who prefer Mrs. Like I want to say that um, Olympia Snow, for instance, is a Ms., whereas Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton, I think, is actually Mrs. Clinton.
2: And see, that's the thing is at this point, because it doesn't really catch on the way the feminists designed it to. The, the fact that the New York Times is holding out shows that not every woman immediately was like, yeah, let's all be Ms." Yeah, one thing that, uh one kind
0: of strange childhood memory, I don't know why it stuck in my head so much, Molly, but I remember um, being pretty young and my mom was a teacher and this was probably in, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And I remember her complaining about, Her, the school where she taught, forcing the, well not forcing, but wanting to institute women just going by Ms. All Mm -hmm. the female teachers, no longer being Miss or Mrs., just doing Ms. across the board. Probably to simplify things. Yeah. Um, and I remember her complaining and saying, you know what? This is not right that my school is trying to turn me into Ms. Conger because I am Mrs. Conger. Yeah. I've been Mrs. Conger for
2: years and years and years, and I don't like the sound of Ms. to be, yeah. to be honest. I mean, it's sort of the same thing when you're deciding to change your maiden name. If you've already been Mrs. So-and-so for however many years, it's not natural necessarily to just all of a sudden become Ms. So-and-so.
0: Yeah. And on the flip side of it, I'm sure that there are plenty of women out there who would consider Ms. to feel far more empowering than Mrs. or for people like us, Molly, who are unmarried women. I wouldn't necessarily like to call myself Miss Conger. It does seem a little demeaning when a guy calls me Miss Conger. Like, he's going to pat me on the head. I know.
2: It makes you sound very small. Like, I think those age connotations are still there. But, you know, this connotation of Ms., now people see Ms., you know, attached to Edmonds or Conger, and they probably just assume, well, that's because she's of a certain age and still unmarried. They might see it um, on other women as a sign of being divorced. Like, Mm -hmm. I think now there's this connotation because – Uh, the married women don't necessarily want to backtrack and become Ms. So-and-so. That if you're, um, Ms. So-and-so, that you're trying to hide something. Either the fact that you're unmarried, divorced, or a raging feminist. And a lot of the studies that I found uh, about the use
0: of Ms., it kind of echoes all of this, saying that, uh, Ms. hasn't replaced, really hasn't replaced Mrs. on a wide scale. Women are still choosing. I'd say it's probably 50-50. Um, but it is more of a replacement for Miss.
2: Yes, I think we are getting rid of the myths except for young girls, but it's still this choice about whether you want to adopt all this, you know, for for lack of a better term, feminist baggage. It's the same thing we discussed in our feminism podcast where people don't really like this label of feminist. And so as a result, they may not like this label of title that the feminists came up with and pushed for. But one thing, Molly, that I, that surprised me when I was researching all of this,
0: because you're, when you're referring to feminist baggage, I found, um, a couple of studies, uh, on people's perceptions towards women who label themselves as Ms mm-hmm. as opposed to Miss or Mrs. And I was kind of expecting the results to say that, you know, people perceive women who call themselves Ms. as being more, you know, uptight and mm-hmm. rigid and whatever. Go down the list. Um, but it was actually quite the opposite. People who, um, are label, label themselves as Ms. are perceived simply as more, having more control over their lives, maybe being better achievers um, and better educated and having more, um, uh, I think the term they used was agency over their world. Um, At the same time, they were perceived as less communal, but nevertheless, still um, very powerful as individuals.
2: Which is why I think you see Ms. used a lot in the workplace. We were reading this article that said a lot of women are Ms. so-and-so in the workplace, and then when they go home they're Mrs. So-and-so. And And it may just be for ease. You know, you're taking your kid to school and it's easier to say, you know, I'm Mrs. X, X being the same last name as your child's last name. So um, they were talking sort of about this, these dual lives that women lead where in their workplace, they're this very strong, independent woman as defined by their Ms. Whereas when they go home, they'll still take on these traditional roles, almost, you know, the writer posited that maybe it was to prove that their success in their job hadn't defeminized them in some way.
0: So, if we do have these women, who plenty of women who are Ms. sometimes and they're Ms.'s other times, or for women like us who are unmarried and we could be Ms. or we could be Miss. What is
2: what is the etiquette? Let's answer our Let's answer our listeners' questions. Okay. Let's turn to Emily Post. Yes, Emily Post, the maven of social etiquette. Yeah,
0: basically, um, as far as business terms, it is true. Ms. is the way to go.
2: Yeah. I mean, if it went in doubt, I would go Ms. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you assume that it's Mr. and Mrs. so and so, that can be just as offensive, I think, as doing it the
0: other way. Now, according to Emily Post, now her example is someone named Jane Johnson. Yes. This is a maiden named Jane Johnson. Emily Post says that if you are married Jane Johnson and you keep that maiden name, your New formal address is Ms. Jane Johnson,
2: which is also your form of address. If you are single, you are still, and, and your maiden name unmarried, you can still be Ms. Jane Johnson. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, but if you're married and you use your husband's name socially, then, and your husband's last name is Kelly, then obviously you would be Ms. Jane Kelly mm-hmm. in social settings. But what about divorce, Molly?
2: Now, if you're divorced, you can choose the, to keep the Mrs. It, it seems like it'd be confusing, but you can still be Mrs. Jane Kelly. You yeah, because some someone will keep their... I mean, if you've already so got kids something. and you're trying to match your kids, you might keep it. Sure. Um So instead of being Mrs. John Kelly, who in this hypothetical Emily Post situation is who she's married to, you would still be Mrs. Jane Kelly Um or Ms. Jane Kelly. Or if you go back to the main name, then you can be Ms. Jane Johnson.
0: So basically, once you're divorced, it's just a grab bag. It if really
2: you're a- is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if you're addressing an invitation to a couple, um, this is probably the most confusing scenario. If, uh, the couple's married and she's still using the maiden name as opposed to using the husband's name socially or just taking it all together. Um, okay. Mary using maiden name. It would be Mr. John Kelly and Ms. Jane Johnson. Ms. Jane Johnson and Mr. John Kelly. Cause you don't always have to put the man first. No.
0: Finally, <laughs> the strides we've made. Now, finally, Molly, in case anyone's wondering, if you are addressing something to an unmarried couple living together. Oh no. Um, you're supposed to put their names on two separate lines. She is very insistent about that. <laughs> two separate lines, not joined. So you only get end. one line
2: when you're married. Yeah. So Jane Johnson, you're going underneath John Kelly. <laughs> or above. Or above. But just not on the same line. Just not on the same line. Okay. Yeah. So. It's, I mean, it sounds silly, but a lot of people just put all this politics into who goes first. And the thing about it is, is that Ms. versus Miss versus Mrs. has taken on um, this political connotation the same way that your last name has, because it's how you present yourself to the world. But the thing that was interesting in researching this is that this kind of um, gendered language is all around us. Yeah, absolutely. In ways we don't even realize. I think that this one gets the most attention because it's most prominent because you do introduce yourself with the name. But we are reading examples, um, some feminist critiques of language, if you will. Um, take the terms spinster and bachelor. Yeah. They mean the same thing. And totally different connotations. Which one would you rather be? I'd rather <laughs> be the bachelor. Yeah, he's living it up where the spinster is just
0: buying more cat food. Yeah. Emily, while gender-neutral language can be... Cumbersome to keep up with, let's be honest. Yeah. And some, sometimes I think it is important for women to think about it though, in terms of this Ms. versus Mrs. debate and the spinster versus, uh, bachelor and going down the line where, uh, why is it that with a lot of our language, um, the, uh, terms used to describe women, uh, related to their sexual life, their sex Mm -hmm. life or their relationships, are usually very um, negative unless it is attached to a partner. Exactly. Where your miss is. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate, and I think that it's time to uh, maybe think of some new terms. <laughs> Sminty gals, if you have any awesome empowering terms for for single women. Or married women. Or married women. Or guys. Just ladies. Yeah, we want to hear them because I would, I would really like a, uh, an alternative dispenser
2: or cat lady. <laughs>
0: What's the, what's the female bachelor? Yeah, what's the female bachelor? And I don't want to hear cougar. I'm not talking about cougar. Oh my
2: god, I hate that word. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, well, before we close out, let's read some more interesting maiden name stories. How about that? That sounds great. I'm going to start off with an email from Sarah who writes, first things first. I am transgendered. I was once a dude and now I'm a chick, which is awesome. She put that in like bold. Um, when I told my family at 14 about myself, they promptly threw me out of their house and their lives. The lovely people that took me in saved my life and allowed me to take their family name so I could completely distance myself from the past. Uh, 16 years later, I'm engaged to a pretty great guy, and when we get married or civil partnered, he's taking my family name. He understands that it's a name that means a lot to me, that it's very much my identity, and I want to honor the people that raised me. Uh, his family, though, took a while to get used to the idea. Thankfully, the name issue was a bigger problem than my gender wonkiness. But now they're on board and we're moving ahead. We could have both kept our regular names, but adoption agencies like their applicants to have the same name if they're married. So there you go. A different point of view. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah.
0: Well, Molly, I have another listener mail from another Sarah. Oh, why? How about them apples? Uh, Sarah wanted to share her perspective on the topic of maiden names. She said that she has been married for almost 19 years. She worked as an engineer for several, several years before meeting her husband and then several more years before marrying him. So it was already well known to people in her field that her maiden name, um, that what her maiden name was and she didn't want to change it. So. She would say, add to this that my mother-in-law had never been in favor of our wedding, so becoming known by what I considered her name was even more objectionable to me. However, knowing that we would have children someday, I decided to add his last name to mine, more like the South American style. I didn't hyphenate um, my name, though. For our children, um, they use my husband's last name, but I still can use whichever I feel is right at the moment, be it at work or around the family. Kind of like the Ms. Mrs. switch up. Yeah. Uh, This has worked well for us even after we decided to homeschool our children. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) know about that. And the last name in common was less of an issue. I feel people should use whatever fits them. One of my sons wants to legally add my maiden name to his name when he turns 18. He feels that my maternal side of the family needs to be shown and continued on through him and hence would also have a dual last name. He's open to the idea of adding his ultimate wife's name to the mix as well. My other sons don't see the big deal either way in this matter. But as for me, I'm glad I just added my husband's name to the mix. That way I kept my name, which my parents gave me, and which I like, including my middle name, and added to my identity of my new family by adding my husband's name. Just my thoughts on this topic. Okay.
2: Very nice. Here's one from Liza. Um, so Liza is about to get married on October 30th, so have a nice wedding day, Liza. If you hear that before? If yes. You hear this before? Um, Liza's a working artist and a hand engraver. As a wedding gift, my father has made Michael and myself a set of plates and bowls. He, too, is an artist and where I get my talent from. So the dishes are amazing, except for the E in the center, uh, which is the letter that Michael's last name starts with. I won't say it here her dad had assumed that she would take the name. I have no desire to. I even made the argument that if Michael finds it unreasonable, then it is on the table then is it on the table for he to take mine, answer being no. So now I don't want to break my dad's heart. He spent months on these plates, hand throwing them on the wheel. I love the gift, but I'm offended that he assumed I would take my husband's name, especially since I was raised to have my own identity and belong to myself above all.
0: Mm-hmm. That stinks. Tricky situation. But I have, I have all the faith that they are going to work it out before October 30th.
2: I mean, I'll also throw out that my last name starts with an E, so if they want uh, to give the dishes and uh, plates and bowls to me, I, I mean, I could just take this problem right off their hands. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how Michael would feel about it, but I'm just throwing it out there. Always thinking of number one, Molly. That's good.
0: <laughs> Independent woman. Um, and to close things out, I have an email from Jay, who, drumroll please, took his wife's name. Wow. Um, I considered this greatly during our engagement period. We looked into traditions and determined that we had no particular reason to honor traditions as they were antiquated and held no real meaning to us. So what we did take into account were a few factors. He said, my side of the family has two other boys that carry on the name, and one of those boys already has a son, so the name carries on to the next generation. Of course, this relies on the sexist tradition to continue, but that seems likely. Number two, my wife's family name was going to die off if she were not going to keep it going. Uh, This went back for several generations that we could trace and while she was never adamant about keeping her name alive it seemed to be a fair consideration three we want to have an unhyphenated unhyphenated common family name personal preference here certainly but we wanted our children to have parents with the same last name and to keep it simple and four when we considered the traditional reasons for taking a name i felt extremely welcomed and accepted into my wife's family throughout our relationship and there was no reason for this acceptance to have any less validity than any acceptance from my family uh, because I spent the time to research this and investigate my true intentions, I felt entirely justified in my decision to take my, life's, my wife's name. I haven't suffered any ridicule from my friends from this because it was my decision and my choice, not something that I was put into a position to consider. My family did have issues initially, but everyone respected my choice. This is probably the most important thing for anyone to consider in changing one's name. Why are you doing so? And what do you believe in those reasons? For me, the fact that it was the traditional thing to do was not enough of a reason. So, very okay. good insight. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. And if you guys have any insight on this topic or just have a question or comment for Molly, feel free to email us at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And during the week, you can head over to our blog called How To Stuff. And if you just want to read and expand your mind horizon. Have your mind blown. Have your mind blown by words on a screen, you should head over to our website, HowStuffWorks.com For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? So here's something that some of you might find shocking. 95%